0: Okay, well, good morning. I've got to make sure I'm working this okay. I'm not used to microphones, so um, if you can't hear me, let me know, okay? And if I look funny, it's because I'm not used to them. And it's so fun to see you because I feel like I know most of you, and so it's like family, and it's not like I'm teaching college right now. (laughs) this (laughs) morning. Okay, maybe I'll take this off. That might be better. Can everybody hear okay? Okay. So um, a couple weeks ago, Neil called me on the phone, and I was just leaving to go to the Philippines, and that, like in an hour from then, and he said, would you be willing to do this talk? And so I said, oh, sure. I didn't really think about it. <laughs> okay. And then, um, then I went to the Philippines, and the reason I went to the Philippines was because my daughter-in-law's from there, and so I wanted to know her culture, and I wanted to know about her family. So my daughter and I took her there to, to meet all of them. And he had told me that it was, the talk was going to be, you know, practically loving others or about love. And I thought, okay. And I felt kind of honored that he asked me to talk about that. And then I got to the Philippines and I was in for kind of a rude awakening because even though I spent a lot of time with my daughter-in-law, I had no idea about her history or how she would grown up. And I was a little bit taken aback. Because we went to their family home, and it was about the size of my dining room with a cement floor and no air conditioning and no bed and no mattress and no bathroom. And so it was like, oh, this was a shock. But what was really interesting is that as poor as they are, she had taken in two homeless people. So in this little house the the size of my dining room, she had herself, her daughter, her, her two year old grandson, and she'd taken in two homeless people. And I thought, I don't know anything about love. How can I talk about love? So I'm not teaching you about love. We're learning it together. Okay. <laughs> because to me that was that was so lovely, you know. And so um God inspired it and, and she is a Christian and she just showed me so much. So I learned so much from her. And her family. Okay, so why why are we talking about love? Why do we need to know about love? And um, that was the first question I asked myself. And um, so I went, of course, to the Bible. And um, so the first the first one that came up to me was John fifteen twelve. I'm going to put my glasses on. So feel free to follow along. I didn't do a PowerPoint because I have cataracts having surgery in two weeks. So the light really bothers me with that. So I said, okay, I'll give you a handout. Okay. And this is what Jesus was saying. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And I really looked at that and thought, you know, he's not suggesting. He's not giving us an idea. It actually says my command, which to me is a really strong you know, he really is saying, you you got to do this. <laughs> he's not just saying, maybe you'll do this. He's saying, you need to do this. You need to love others. So as we love God, and as we even love him more, we begin to love others more. So if we love God, we're going to love others. And so how do we show that? What does this mean? Okay. And one of the things is, who do we love? Do we need to be friends with everyone? Is that what he's asking us to do? You know, and I thought about this lady in the Philippines and does that mean I taken all the homeless and what what does that mean you know and I need to I need to learn more okay so I turn to Matthew 5, 43, 45, which says um, we are not exempt from loving anyone not even our enemies so you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So it's not just about loving homeless people. It's maybe loving people you don't really want to love because you don't like them very much. And maybe that's a co-worker. Maybe that's an in-law. Um, maybe that's your neighbor that's always complaining. So um, so it's kind of a new attitude that it's not just about loving your family and your your children and your best friends, but We're loving everybody, okay? So once we accept God as our heavenly father, it means we belong to his family. And everyone, every single person that we meet is our brother or our sister under God, even the ones who are not so nice, okay? So Martin Luther King Jr. said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. So one of the things you can begin to look at when you're thinking about love is who should I be loving that I'm not? Because a lot of you are loving already. A lot of you are really loving a lot of people already. But that's the easy part. Jesus is asking us to do the hard part. Love those that aren't so lovable. Okay. So who needs our love? Where do we start? Okay, And just, just look around you. So you really don't have to go down to Skid Row or the Philippines or to a poor neighborhood. Look around, the young and the old, the rich or the poor, the fun or the boring. Everybody that you know, everybody that you come in contact with at the market, at the post office, at the park, everybody really needs love, okay? Uh, Mother Teresa said, the hunger for love is much more difficult to remove than the hunger for bread, which means that people need love even more than they need food, so sometimes just smiling at a homeless person, maybe you're not really giving them food, but you're smiling at them, can be very important. Okay. So how do we show love? Okay, and um, honestly, the first thing is just pray for others. And it, it sounds kind of cliche, okay, but actually, if you begin to pray for someone, and I, I had this happen with me where my neighbor was very picky about my tree because I have a liquid amber tree that I planted since it was a baby, and I wanted it because it has fall color. And I thought, that'll be so beautiful. I'll have these beautiful leaves. But she has artificial lawn, and she didn't want any leaves on her property. So she wanted me to cut it down. Okay, and I, I nurtured this tree. I actually planted three, and it was the only one that survived. And so I was like, I don't really want to cut down my tree, but I was making her really angry. And she, you know, I was like, what do I do? And so I said, I'm, I'm just going to give this to God. And so I began to pray for her. And as I prayed for her, God does some wonderful thing. It's not just that he can change things, which he can, but as I prayed for her, I realized that I started to get into her her mindset. It's like I was praying for her, which meant I wasn't praying for myself, which meant I wasn't just thinking about me. And as I began to pray for her, I'm thinking, well, why would that irritate her? And why, you know, what's going on with her? And I began to see more her perspective. And so sometimes praying for others doesn't mean that God's going to change them. It means God's going to change us and the way we perceive them and the way we look at them, okay? So I'm a horrible artist, but I drew this picture (laughs) this morning. So um, one of the things as we begin to understand other people and learn to accept them is, think about this. This is um, traffic on an L.A. freeway. All of you can relate, right? (laughs) Okay, And probably you've been in this situation where you get to, you're on the freeway there's not a stop sign on the freeway and five lanes of traffic will come to a perfect stop and nobody moves. And you're like, what is going on? And I was coming back from San Diego one time and I was stopped on the freeway every single lane for two hours. Two hours we didn't roll one foot. So I was back here in one of these cars and I was... How did I feel, right? (laughs) Angry, frustrated. Um, The guy in front of me was in a truck. He got out after about an hour. He walked around the truck. He kicked the tire a couple of times. And he got back in the car. And it was like I could see the smoke just coming out of his ears, you know. So um, I was thinking about that. And I thought, we're all angry. These two cars here were up here and they could see the gurney, they could see the ambulance, they could see the body. Were any of these people angry? Were any of these people frustrated? They weren't because they understood the situation. So it took all the thunder out of their feelings and actually changed their heart because they understood. So that's what God, that's what God is asking us to do, is to understand other people. Not to judge them, not to be angry with them, not to be upset, but to accept them. And that's what love is. Accept them how they are, pray for their needs, see the world from their eyes, okay? So prayer is a real important part of beginning to love other people. And like I said, sometimes you want to pick... My prayer list is usually my family and my friends. And you need to include people that you don't normally put on your prayer list. You know, that person that's bugging you at work. Okay, So um, so that's a good way to think about what how to start. Okay, another one is we have to think about sacrifice. And often when I get frustrated... Um <laughs> sometimes I'm doing something I'm like, I really I'm really tired or this is really hard work or do I really want to be doing this? And I don't know if any of you saw The Passion of the Christ, that movie, which is pretty graphic, but but that did a lot for me as far as picturing what Jesus went through for me, for us. And so sometimes when I'm, you know, frustrated or don't want to do something, I'll say, Now what if Jesus said that? You know, this is too hard. I'm putting down my cross forget you guys. You know This is too much work for me. Or I'm tired. I'm tired of carrying all your sins on my back. What if he laid down the cross? So I said, nope, he can do it. I can do this. I can do this. So he encourages me a lot. Okay. But as Americans, okay, part of our culture teaches us to be independent, strong. We're very competitive and we strive for financial success. And I was kind of Noticing that as I was in the Philippines, how their goals are so different and how they probably couldn't survive in this. They were actually out in the province, what they call the province in this primitive area, unless they really pulled together and worked together. And so some of our American values contradict some of what God is teaching us. Okay. Cause God is saying, lean on me. You can't do it by yourself. You don't have to be independent. He's saying, I'm the strong one. You're not the strong one, okay? He's saying, work together and share your resources, okay? So we need to read the Bible to understand how to live in his world, not our history books, okay? And his world supersedes all others, okay? So another one is show grace, okay? And again, forgive those who are not perfect as he forgives us, so, so many times we focus on the negative, um, especially with people that, like, maybe aren't our family or aren't our close friends, and we, we focus on that, and that's all we see. So, uh, I was a classroom teacher, and one of the things I learned right off is to pick something about every single student that you can say positively about them and focus on that. So, don't focus on the kid who's yelling out and getting out of their seat And, you know, causing a ruckus and interrupting you when you're reading a story. Look at him and say, find something good. And sometimes that's kind of hard. I remember this one time I thought, I don't know. I don't know what he does well. (gasps) He breathes well. Okay. (laughs) And sure enough, you focused on that and it worked. Okay. (laughs) So focus on something positive. Okay. So everybody has strengths that God has given them. Our job is to find out. And that will really help you to begin to accept and love others. Is You see their strengths. You see what God has given them to share with you, with us. Um, and no one is perfect. Okay, So um, we have to forgive others. Sometimes people make mistakes. Again, if we look back to say, why did they do that? Sometimes we don't understand at the moment. But um, I've learned working with kids that, um, they always have a really good reason for things they do. So I had a little boy that was new in my class, and he, um, you know, it was like toward, like, maybe almost January, so he hadn't been attending, and all of a sudden I got this new little boy, and I knew nothing about his family history. And he came into the classroom, and it was kind of rainy. It was kind of at the end of the week, and so he needed to go to the restroom, and in, in those, in that particular classroom, I didn't have a restroom, so... The policy is for kinder that you send two kids together, so two little boys go to the restroom, and this little boy Daniel goes outside, and he stood under the the spout that was coming off the roof of rain, and it totally drenched him. So he came back into the classroom sopping wet, okay? And of course, I can't change their clothes, and so it's going to cause a problem. And so some people might be thinking, you know, that's a bad behavior, What's wrong with that kid? Why did he do that? You know, but kids have a really good reason. Everybody has a really good reason for their negative behavior. It might not make sense to us. It might not be the best choice, but that's all they know to do at the moment. Okay. So I'm thinking, why would he do that? You know, why did he get all wet? So I said to him, he was five. And I said, Daniel, what did you think would happen if you got all wet? And he said, he'd probably get angry and I said really you thought I'd get angry I said then what would happen he said I'd probably get sick and I said yes that could happen then what do you think would happen he said well you'd send me to the principal I'm like okay I'd send you to the principal then what would happen they'd call the doctor they'd call the doctor then what do you think would happen They'd take me to the hospital. They'd take you to the hospital. Then what do you think would happen? He said, then that judge would call my mom because she's in jail, and they'd let her out. Was that a good reason to get all wet? He's a kid. What else are you going to do? I thought, that's amazing. How did he think of that? Look what he had to go through. He wanted his mom. And the reason I got him so late in the year, he'd just been put in a foster home really good reason for doing something so silly. It's getting all wet. Okay, Bless his heart. Okay, So um, we have to stop judging people for doing behaviors that we're not comfortable with, or that we feel are offensive, and begin to see the love side. Begin to show them love and forgiveness. Really, really important. Okay. Okay, another one is to give. And part of what we need to learn is with no expectations of reciprocation. So a lot of times we're giving, but we're not going to get anything back from that person. We're not giving them that so they'll love us more. We're not giving them that so that they'll feel obligated to us. We're sharing or we're giving them so that they feel the love. They feel the, And sometimes they don't even feel it from us. Okay. Um, so some of you have given boxes um, during Christmas. Okay. And I think they call that operation Christmas child. And a lot of you in this room, and I know your children have participated in that. And that's one of those times when you have no reciprocation. So you, you bring that box, it's got school supplies, it's got, you know, soap or whatever it is, and you give it without expecting reciprocation. And we can do that for people that we don't know sometimes and you don't feel bad about it, okay? And I wanted to share this with you since I was in the Philippines, is that while I was in the province, in the way countryside, where some of the children weren't able to go to school because they couldn't afford to get immunizations, and um, they didn't have uniforms, and some of the kids couldn't go to school, and there was a big hubbub, and all the, all the young school-age kids were like, and they're, they're speaking in Tagalog, and they're going, blah, blah, blah. School supply, little school supply. And I thought, oh, I wonder what's going on. And the mom said, they're going to start school on Monday, and they're going to a church meeting. So all the kids take off. They're gone for about 30 minutes. We were kind of eating and stuff. And they all come running back with your shoe boxes, okay? I don't know if it was exactly your shoe box, but they were the boxes that we fill. You know how they're like red and green from, from – um, you know, the project that we do. And it was, it was amazing. I felt like I was in the video with them (laughs) because they were opening those boxes. They came running back so excited and opening those boxes and school supplies, school supplies. And they're taking out the pencils and the, and one girl, she probably was about 14 and she came back and I thought, Oh dear, she has this box that was made for like a four-year-old and she's opening. There's a little stuffed animal and there's some little stickers and, she didn't care because she'd never had any of these things. So everything was a treat for her. Everything was so exciting. So, um, you know, you're giving without expecting anything back. And so that's what we need to do to other people as well. Not just poor people, not just children, but everybody. Okay, But it's good to know that, huh? They actually get those boxes. Okay. <laughs> so um, so we want to begin to give. And um, everybody is blessed with some things. Some of you have time. In our culture, we don't have that much. <laughs> we seem to feel like if we have time, something's wrong with us, that we're not keeping busy enough. But um, everybody has some time. And again, when I feel like I don't have enough time, I go back and I, I think of Jesus again. And I think, what if he said, I don't have time to walk over here to this hill. You know, I don't have time for this. Um... How much time can we give him in a day? That should be the most important thing, is the time that we're giving him, not the time that we're doing the dishes, okay? Every one of us has a talent, and sometimes we don't realize how important that can be. And when you just look at our church family here, and we have people that have the talent of singing, and they can share that with us. Um, People have a sense of organization, and they share that with us. Some of you have... Training and technology, you share that with us. Some of you are good with children. So everybody has a talent that they can share. And if you don't know your talent, we, we can help you discover that because all of you are given that by God. A lot of you have more than one. Okay, And then treasure. Okay, And sometimes you think treasure is your money. you know, But sometimes your treasure is your knowledge. Maybe you know a lot about something that other people don't know about. Or maybe you know some fun places to go. Or maybe you, um, you know, have something in your family history that, that you can share or or give to somebody. So everybody has some things that, that we can give, okay? It doesn't always have to be about money, okay? And then part of that is, of course, sharing the gospel when it's appropriate and when, when people are ready. Okay. So as we begin to set the stage to love others, okay? And one of the first things that you can do is smile, okay? Now, I have to admit that for me being 71, <laughs> it's easier for me to smile at some people than for some of you pretty young girls because you can't just smile at anybody or they'll take it wrong, right? <laughs> but um, but if you begin to smile more, okay? And um, I know sometimes just being like in another country when you can't communicate with people and you don't know the language, and just if you just begin to smile, and they'll smile back. I remember being in the mall one time, and there were there was a group of of young men. They they looked like they had they were in a gang, and um, they looked pretty tough. And it and I kind of bristled a little bit as I walked past. It was like they're just a little bit frightening, and I smiled, and one of them smiled back, and I thought they're not going to hurt me, you know. Um, a smile is so important, okay? And it's so free, and it's so easy. It just takes a little bit of muscle. And um, actually, it takes less muscle to smile than to frown, okay? But we need to smile at people in wheelchairs. We need to smile at everybody, children, um, you know, and look, look how often to see how many people will smile back. But even if they don't, they take note. They take note. A smile is a really positive way to show love, okay? Okay? Um we talked about showing acceptance um It's so easy to judge other people and i had um I w- was teaching English as a second language, and I used to teach high school dropouts and I had a student that came and she was probably about forty five and she really wanted to get her high school diploma, so you know you give people like that a, you know a, a lot of credit, but she missed two weeks and it was toward the end of the semester and I thought. You know, here she is again, she's giving up, and I was kind of being judgmental. I'm thinking, you know, she's been out for two weeks, she's not doing her homework, how she thinks she's gonna pass, how she's gonna graduate. And so she came up to me and she said, Teacher, I'm really sorry. Um, I've missed two weeks. And I wanted to say, Well, get busy. No, I don't <laughs> So I said I said, Oh, that is a long time. I said, Is everything okay? And she said, Well you know we this was a, this was a school in Bell Gardens okay she said well you know the garage that my husband and I were living in it wasn't up to code it didn't have a bathroom so somebody found out and they reported us so we had to move across town and we can't live in that garage and we don't have housing anymore and so it's been really complicated because my husband just had his arm amputated because he has um, stage four cancer. And so we were going to this doctor right by our house, but now we have to take the bus. And so by the time I take him for his treatment and come back, she said, I just can't make it to school. And my daughter is so unhappy right now because my grandson just got killed in this drive by shooting. And so she's just no help. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't come to school? You know, I mean, can you imagine with all that on her plate that she's even thinking about finishing? And you know what? She did. She graduated. But you, you judge. You think, why aren't you coming to school? And look at everything she was dealing with. Homeless, her husband's dying, her grandson just, you know, i it just really taught me never to judge what is going on in people's lives. And a lot of times they won't tell you for lots of reasons. So... um, So again, we really need to begin to show acceptance and to look at people as God's children and not someone that we can frown at, okay? Another way to show love is to give attention, okay? So this could be a compliment. It could be some kind of validation. Um, Some of you are good at texting other people and just saying hi, good morning, how are you? It can be, um, you know, a card or a letter, It can be positive recognition, or sometimes just a kind word. So um, try to, and and sometimes just set a little goal for yourself, like I'm going to do this three times every day. You know, I'm going to give someone some kind of validation. When I go to bed, I'm going to say, "Have I done it at least three times today?" And it could be someone at the market, it could be someone, you know, anywhere um, that you're that you're just sharing God's love with. Now, this one sounds funny. I know you have to be careful with this one. <laughs> but honestly, affection is a different way to show love. And I'm not saying attack everybody that you meet. But um, but just sometimes a touch on the back or a hug when it's appropriate. Okay, and again, you have to be careful, especially if you're a young guy. But um, we don't realize that some people are very auditory. So if we say something to them, That really touches their heart. Some people are very visual. And so if we show them something, they understand. Some people are very kinesthetic, and they need that touch. They need that human touch in their lives. That's where people are lacking a lot in our culture. You can watch TV. You can get visual input. You can get auditory input. But no one is touching you in a loving way. Okay. So sometimes just a simple touch. Can help. I don't know if any of you are familiar with um, Father Greg Boyle, but he's a priest down in, in the heart of LA. And he began working with um, mostly young men, but some young women who had been incarcerated. They usually were gang members or gang related um, crimes. And then one of the things that happens, in this, and a lot of them had murdered other people, and when they're released from prison, they may they may be 20 or 18 when they commit the crime, and then they're released at 38, with no possibility of ever getting another job in their life, because no one will hire them. So what are they forced to do but return to a life of crime? And so he began what's called Homeboys Industries, which is um, they started marketing. Well, they started cooking and making some food, so they have a bakery. And they they actually sometimes you'll see it in the stores where they have um, a salsa and then they have some chips that they make. And so what he realized is if you give these guys a job, you can totally turn them around. Okay, because a job for a man is so important, because they feel productive, they feel valued, they feel like everybody else. Okay, so he if you go if you go to Homeboys Industries. They have the cleanest windows in the world because he hires someone to wash the windows every day. There's a closet, kind of like the one in the back, that um, he hires a man to sit at the closet, and people come to check out materials like a broom or Windex or paper towels, and he checks it off, and he pays him to sit there and be in control of the closet. Because that's a job for him. And the other guys are washing the windows. Or, it's a really clean place. <laughs> but he doesn't give anybody any money. He doesn't take volunteers. Everybody gets paid. Okay. But then that, that gives them self worth. Okay. And they begin to come out of that cycle. So I was down there. I've been down there a couple times. But I was down there this one time and I overheard this conversation between a young man who had it's probably about 38, that didn't know I was listening. I kind of guilty because I was, you know, eavesdropping. But he was sitting right in front of me. I had to hear him. Okay. So he was sitting talking to <laughs> to another person. And he said, yeah, I was, you know, I murdered somebody. It was a gang-related thing. And he said, I, um, I went to prison. And I was real optimistic because he said when I was in prison, they trained me to work on cars. And so I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to have a career. I finally got a career. I got off drugs, everything. I came out. I went. I cleaned up. I went to my first job interview, and I said, you know, I I wanted to work in this car shop. And the guy said, you know what? You passed the test. I think you know a lot about cars, but I can't hire you. You're an ex-con. And he said to the guy, then I'm going to come back and slit your throat. And he said, and I meant it. Okay, okay. So he's down, he can't get a job, there's nothing he can do. Um, he's tried everything. Someone told him of, about Dr., um, I mean about Father Boyle. And so he said he, he goes in, he kind of waits. Father Boyle has a lot of, um, he's very personal with, with, with the people that he's helping. So he knows them by name. Okay, And so he said he goes in there, he hadn't met him before. And um, so he's telling him his story. And he told him, I told the guy, I'm going to come back and slit your throat. And he said, I am. And he said, Father Boyle reached over. He put his hand on my shoulder. And he said, son, you can't talk to people like that. And he said, no one had ever treated him like that before. And he started to cry. And he said, he showed me love. He said, it totally changed my life. Totally changed my life. And, of course, Father Boyle got him a job. You know, but. Totally, but it wasn't the job. It was that he showed him love. Okay, so sometimes just your touch, sometimes just your touch. And I'm nothing like Father Boyle, but but I did have an incident where I where I realized that sometimes that can be so important. Is um, one of my friends that I had known since I was a child, died in November, and she um she was nine she was 89, and she had had a seizure in the middle of the night, and They put her on life support. But the next morning, they determined that she was brain dead. And she didn't have any family here in California. And so, when I talked to the doctor, he said, We're going to take the ventilator out. And I said, I want to be with her when she dies. I want to be there. And so, I quickly got dressed. I said, Wait for me, wait for me. And I quickly got dressed and I ran down to the hospital. And, you know, I was able to pray, you know, hold her hand and pray with her. Pray for her, and then um, they took the ventilator and all of that, and she died. And you know, I was kind of, you know, it's that's hard. I, I mean, even though it was her time, and and I felt good about it. So I I went back out to was over at um, Garfield Hospital, and I thought, I'm gonna, I thought I'm not gonna walk up the stairs. You know, usually I try to take the stairs because I need the exercise, but I'm like. I don't feel like doing that. I'm just going to get in the elevator. So I pushed the button for the elevator. It took a really long time. And I thought, I was just frustrated. You know, things weren't going well and wasn't how I planned the day. You know, (laughs) I didn't want to witness somebody dying. So I get in the elevator and there's a really young guy. Um, well, actually he turned out to be 17. This young, young man in there and not my culture, not my race. Um, he had kind of spiky hair, and he just looked totally different than me. And I'm kind of looking at him, and the re- elevator's taking a really long time. So we're going up the next floor, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of frustrated. I'm, I said, sometimes going to the hospital is really hard. And he kind of looked at me, you know. And I said, "I just, I just saw someone, you know, go off a ventilator. And he turned around, and he looked at me. And he said, my mom's on a ventilator and he started to share with me. So we got up to the top. He said she's never I don't I don't think she's ever going to see me go to college. You know, I haven't even I'm supposed to graduate in, from high school and she's never going to see me go to college and he just started sharing with me. We got off the elevator and I couldn't leave him and I said, "Let me just give you a hug." And I hugged him and he just sobbed. I mean, it was a 17-year-old boy and he just sobbed and I said, "Let me pray with you." You know. And I did. And I thought just that touch, just hugging him, everything came out. And then he was able to share. And and so sometimes just touching, you know, um, others in a loving way can be part of sharing God's love. Okay. Okay. Um, Another thing is show interest in others. Okay. So sometimes that's through body language. So again, often we're thinking, okay, we have to say something, um, but just your body language, how you carry yourself. If you have your arms open to people, if, you, um, if you're if you like this, you know, they often, they don't sense God's love. So, um, you know, are you down at their level if you're talking to someone and you're standing over them? And I have to be really conscious of that because I'm so tall. But if I'm standing over them, it's like this power Thing. So if I really want to let someone know I'm I'm interested in you, I care about you, I need to get down, like sit down or stoop down, get eye to eye. So when we're showing God's love, be eye to eye, okay? Because that's how we really communicate best, okay? And um, another thing is just ask open-ended questions. So sometimes we ask a lot of closed questions, which is like, um, where do you work? you know, what church do you go to? Where did you grow up? And a lot of times there are one word answers and people feel like you're testing them. <laughs> and am I going to answer right? Okay. Um, but I encourage you to ask what we call open-ended questions. So ask them things like, how did you do that? Or how do you feel about this? Or what do you think is going to happen? Because there's no right or wrong answer. It they have to really think about it, but that's how you really get to know someone because they'll share with you as much as they feel comfortable, and it's a lot more than, I grew up in Miami, you know, if you really ask open questions, they'll really begin to share with you, so as we're loving others, um, show interest in them, and we can learn something from everybody, okay? There's not a person in this world that I don't think can teach me many, many things, and even children, you know, um, they'll teach us so many things. So, um, part of loving is showing interest in others. Okay. Um, another one is listening. Okay. So, um, so many times we're hearing, but we're not listening. Okay. We hear the words, but we're not really making sense of them or we're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not really, um, focusing on what the meaning of the of the words are, or what the person is trying to tell us. So, if we if we go through a day and we kind of think, "Have I talked more today?" and I I can have trouble with that. Um, I can talk more than I should. <laughs> so, if we're if we go through the day and we think, you know, I, I've been talking a lot, we need to stop and say, "Have I been listening a lot? Have I heard about how other people are feeling, or what they're going through, or what their needs are, or am I doing all the talking?" So this is good with anybody. I mean, your family members as well. But especially with people that we're trying to um, to love and to show love, is begin to listen to them. And we're finding out what their needs are or we're finding out what they're going through in their life. Okay. 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 So as you begin to share God's love as a Christian... Okay. One of the things you can do is show Christian hospitality. And what does that look like? Okay. So that can be an invitation to spend quality time with someone, possibly inviting them to your own home. This can be kind of scary because everybody has different kinds of homes. And when I think back to that lady, um, my, I met my daughter-in-law's mother in the Philippines with the the tiny tiny little little house and how she invited people in, including me, to come in there um, for a meal. Um, You know, none of us really, every one of us here has some place that you can invite someone, but sometimes we're not comfortable with that. It can be kind of scary. Um, Opening your own home can make us feel uncomfortable, Um, and often we're concerned about our own limitations, such as money. So sometimes we're worried that if I host somebody, it's going to cost me And I'm struggling. I need to pay off my loans or whatever it is. And so, you know, I can't really put on a big dinner, you know. Sometimes it's your time. So some people are working. I remember um, at a time in my life I was working two jobs and going to school. And it was just really crazy time. Um, Sometimes we don't have the place. You just don't have a place that you can invite people in. Sometimes we don't have the energy especially as we get older, (laughs) that can become a problem. But some of you work really hard. So these are all things that we're dealing with. Okay. And some of us are like, I'm not Martha Stewart. You know, I don't have my house all decorated and I'm not perfect. And so I don't feel comfortable inviting people over. Okay. So remember that we want to bless, not impress. Okay. So when you're having a function or you're, making something for someone, or you feel like you're not cooking, your cooking isn't good enough, your intention should be to bless someone, not impress someone. Nobody ever says, oh, they made horrible chocolate chip cookies. I wish they'd never done that, you know, even if they spit them out. They're, they're still going to say, but, but they tried. <laughs> okay. Um, something else you have to take into consideration when you um, invite people over is the other family members. So as I, as I watch some of the families that host um, in our church, for instance, um, sometimes when they do community group, sometimes the children have to wait in the other room, or, you know, they can't use the TV, or they can't go in the kitchen, or, um, so we have to consider all of these things, money, time, place, our energy, and other family members, and we have to show respect, because they may not want company all the time, or people in your, in your house, you know. Um, so sometimes you can just pick one of these that you can share. It doesn't have to be everything, okay? So maybe you have time to show love, but you don't have a place. So you can find a place, you know, and some of our families here go to the park, and they can invite other people to join them to come to the park, okay? Or maybe you have the energy, and you can help somebody else host. Or maybe you have... Um, you know, maybe you have the money, um, and you want to, you know, buy something, but you don't want to have people in your home. So you could take a pizza to somebody's house or something. So you don't have to share all of these all of the time. Pick the one that's start with the one that's comfortable for you. And then, um, you know, do it, do it in partners. Okay. Okay. So if you're thinking, okay, I want to start loving more, okay. <laughs> Again, start with prayer. And often, often, probably always, but, um, God will show you exactly who needs your love that day or that morning or that next few minutes. So start with prayer. And, and just when I wake up, I just say, what do you want me to do, God? Who, who can I love today? Okay. Um, sometimes cook more. So if you're cooking, you can you can cook a little bit more soup or a little bit more chili and invite someone for lunch. So plan a little bit ahead. Um, a lot of this, we're talking about food because food is a universal life need. And every culture uses it to communicate, I mean, to connect with others. So there's some little villages in Africa where they don't have a lot of protein. And so, and, but they have a lot of corn. And sometimes that's about, all they have to eat. And so they'll have corn for breakfast and then they'll have corn for lunch and then they'll have corn for dinner. Okay. And if someone comes to their house, they will say, would you like some corn? Okay. And that's all the other person is eating, but they still offer it because sharing food is so important in our human nature, but it doesn't have to be like you're the best cook or that it's something really expensive. Okay. So if you have an apple tree and you share some apples, that's a really good start. Okay. So um, so when you're, when you're trying, if you're, if you're not going to host a party or you're not comfortable having a lot of people come in, just sharing a little food. Okay. Can be part of sharing that love. Okay. Um, Again, partner with somebody. So look at your strengths, look at your friend's strengths. If you say, oh, this person has a, a big yard or a big home, or they have a barbecue, maybe I could get some people to bring food. Maybe they would let us, you know, come over there. Or a lot of people, I'm not good at conversation. You know, I wouldn't mind cooking a dinner, but I don't know how to, you know, interface with people and just invite somebody that, you know, is real gregarious and talkative. And so use other people's strengths that, you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. Okay. You don't have to go out and, I mean, it's great and you will get there, but you don't have to go out and say, I'm going to love everybody every day by myself. Start out with a comfort zone. Start out with a pair or friends or other family members. Okay? Probably most important is be yourself. Okay? So remember that you are God's creation and each one of you, he's given you gifts and he is expecting you to love other people. So just know that you're serving God and that you're not going to make a lot of mistakes. If you're showing love, you're not going to make a lot of mistakes. Okay. Anything you do, if it's for the glory of God and you do it for the love of Christ, then you will show God that you love him.